sad, mad, glad. It's a choice we make. Simply put, uh, we, can do, uh, we can go through this life uh, basically burdened by sadness. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to be sad. You can be sad every day because there's things out there that are painful, that are tragic. Perhaps in your own life, you've had to deal with stuff that broke your heart. And it's easy to, to be overcome with sadness, but we don't ever want to be burdened by sadness. That's not God's will for our lives. We pass through it. We face it. We acknowledge it, but we get beyond it. But some people live under the burden of sadness. And then others, <laughs> they choose to endure life under the bondage of being mad all the time. They're just mad about everything. They're mad about this. They're mad about you. They're mad about me. They're just mad all the time. And that's not how we're supposed to live life. Yes, sometimes things make us mad. Let's be honest. And sometimes that's probably justified. But we don't want to live there. That's not good for us. Man, that raises your blood pressure, gives you ulcers. Man, that ain't what you want. We don't want to be under the, the bondage of being mad all the time. I do think we can choose to live life and enjoy life with the blessing of being glad. So I want to talk about that with you today. Uh, being glad, as I put in your notes, being glad is an inner heartfelt joy caused by the presence of hope, the presence of hope that something good is going to happen. It's that something inside us that can never be shaken, that can never be undone, this hope we have that lets us know Tomorrow's going to be a better day, or next week's going to be a better week, or next month's going to be a better month. And ultimately, one day, we're going to be in a better world. And that's the hope we have within us, because Jesus is our source for that gladness. Um, Now, David is writing this psalm, and it's an interesting psalm. Uh, We're going to talk about it. But I want to give you an acrostic for for glad. So there's going to be four things I want you to get. The G-L-A-D, glad. I, I didn't want you to fill in blanks today. The notes are there. I want you to think about the things you can be glad about. And as the Spirit gives them to you, write them down. Your personal glad list, if you will. Everybody should have one. So uh, we can be glad because something inside of us, that's the person of Christ. And so as followers of Christ, here's what I know. We're a work in progress. Every single one of us are a work in progress. We haven't arrived. We don't have all the answers. And we don't do it right all the time. And nobody around us does either. All right? So understanding that, we're all a work in progress. Some of us make quick progress. Some of us are just slow as a snail getting somewhere in the kingdom. But we're still making progress. If Christ is in you... He's moving you along, sometimes at a different pace than others, but he's moving you along. He will do that. Now, if we get that, here's the the thing I want you to get. So the first letter is G, and it stands for grace. Grace giving you what is not deserved. Grace. Psalm 3211 says this. Now, let me tell you again about this passage. This chapter is about David dealing with the freedom of confession of sin. David was kind of acquainted with sin. He messed up a few times. I mean, he messed up on some of the biggies. And uh, he knew what it was like to be overwhelmed with guilt and shame. 
and embarrassment, but he also knew what it was like to get set free from that. And Psalm 32, he's talking about the joy of really confessing your failure and your sin and being set free. And here's what he has to say when he gets to the end, toward the, gets past that, the first few verses. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad. You're glad, okay? Now, you are righteous because you're righteous. You are right with God. You've got things right. You've got stuff out of the way. You've, you've dealt with that which made you feel ashamed, guilty, or fearful. You said, I've dealt with it. I've been honest. I've been transparent with God. I've been open with God, and I've confessed where I failed, and we are good. That's good to know because that's the hope within us that God's grace constantly works in our life every single day. Every day we experience the grace of God. Not just when we're saved, but every day that we live under the authority of Christ. And because of a relationship with Christ, we have grace flowing to us. So he says, because you're right with God, sing, all you who are upright in heart, all of you that, that have come clean with God, have been honest with God, rejoice. Because why? God's grace is flowing to you. God's not trying to beat you over the head with a hammer. He's trying to do something marvelous in your life through that thing we call grace by not giving us what we deserve. We all deserve stuff that's bad, but he doesn't let that dominate our life. Even if we have the consequence of sin, he walks with us through them. That's grace. He doesn't abandon us. He doesn't turn his back on us. He doesn't do that. Uh, And and we need to understand that. Grace is, uh, when I confess my sin, I I, I move from being sad because of guilt and shame uh, to gladness because my sins have been forgiven. David understood that because he committed the big two, adultery and murder. and, And yet he was forgiven. And God actually gave him a second chance. Both those sins qualified him for capital punishment of death, and yet God gave him a second chance, and he gives us a second chance, and a third chance, and a fourth chance, and a fifth chance, because that's what grace does. It's amazing that this is how he operates in our life. Grace is constantly at work moving us from weakness to strength, and that's how we know God's doing some incredible things in our life. To discover grace is to discover God's utter devotion to you and his stubborn resolve to change your life, to help you grow, to help you develop, to pick you up when you've fallen and to get you back going the right direction when you've got off course. That's grace. He doesn't ever, ever give up on you or me. That's grace. And so in understanding that, we see this amazing thing that's the source of gladness we call grace. That's where gladness begins, understanding grace. Uh, David experienced that journey from sadness to gladness because he was a work in progress. And we all need to make that journey from time to time because we've all been sad, all been mad, and we don't have to stay there. Now, the second letter is L, and that's going to stand for love that never diminishes. It just never diminishes. It doesn't get less. It doesn't uh, go away. It doesn't decrease. God loves me not because of my achievements, my performance, or my appearance. And aren't we all glad of that? He loves us because he's God. 
because of who he is. Uh, he loves me because I exist. And because I exist, I'm valuable to him. I'm important to him. So this is how he works in our lives. God is good. And I love what we sang this morning. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Because that is so very true. When I'm not faithful, he's faithful. When I fail, he's faithful to get me up. When I struggle, he's faithful to get me through. When I miss the mark, he's faithful to restore. Because grace operates just that way. Love that never diminishes. Never, ever. It doesn't become less than what it was the first day that he poured his love on me. There's no shadow of turning in God. I love that. That phrase comes out of Jeremiah, actually. No shadow of turning. God doesn't ever turn from me with diminishing love. He loves me uniquely and ultimately. How do you know that? Well, if you go to the New Testament, there's a guy named Peter. And Peter, Peter was such an amazing guy. I love his life because he's easy to identify with. But Peter was one of the main guys. He was the inner circle with Jesus. He was the top three in the disciples. But he, he, he had his moments where he didn't do good. And we know before the crucifixion, he denied Christ. And, and he, he felt the shame and the guilt and all that goes with that. And, he probably, and then when the, when the crucifixion occurred, he was nowhere to be found because he was afraid. And Jesus has realized the only person at the foot of the cross that he's invested three years in is John. The rest of them are hiding out. And so what takes place now is when he arises from the grave, he tells him, go get the disciples and tell Peter, because Peter's important to me. Now, Peter had messed up more than the rest of them, okay? I mean, we, the rest of them were afraid, but Peter denied him, and man pitched a fit, and did all kind of crazy stuff, and therefore, he was worse than the rest of them. And he said, I want you to let Peter, let Peter know I'm alive. And I, can you imagine when they came and said, Christ is risen. He wanted you guys to know it. And Peter, he wanted you to know it. Can you imagine what Peter thought? Oh, no. He knows what I've done. I can't believe he singled me out. But Peter was excited that he was alive, so he ran to the tomb ahead of everybody else to make sure it was true. Because he had what? He had hope. With all that he'd done, the messing up, he had hope. So there's that little, little, Seed of gladness that can be in his life. Now, he was sad. He was felt, he felt, man, he just felt low. But he had that little thing of hope. And you know what's so good about the love of God? Jesus said, we need to have breakfast, Peter. And he fixed breakfast with the disciples. And he said, Peter, I just want to talk to you for a minute. Peter's going, oh, no. <laughs> he said, Peter, I just ask you, do you love me? He said, well, Lord, you know that I love you. And, uh, and he said, well, do you love me more than all these? Well, Lord, you know I love you. And, I, you know, and he said, do you even, do you, do you really? But every, every question, he asked him the, the question three times because Christ, had, Peter had denied him three times. But he tells Peter at the end of every one, I want you to feed my sheep. I want you to feed my sheep. I want you to feed my lambs. Peter, I'm not through with you. I'm not done with you. I'm not mad at you. I've not written you off. I've not thrown you to the dogs. I've not told the guys to throw you away. I got a purpose for you. 
I need to get you back on your feet. And that's why we're having this meeting. That you know that I love you. That I really love you. And you messed up. Oh, you messed up. And I know you're embarrassed and you're ashamed. And you got, let's get rid of that. I love you. Let's deal with where you are, what you think about me, what you feel about me. Let's have a moment of transparency, and then let's move on because we're, you are a work in progress. I'm not through with you. I'm going to do some great things with you. He says, matter of fact, you're going to do some awesome things, but there's going to come a time you're going to have to go where you don't want to go, meaning you're going to die. You don't really want to die, but you're going to die. And the Spirit's going to come and take you by the hand and lead you through that process. And Peter's going, okay, he's not through with me. But even then, Peter just manages to figure out how to mess it up one more time. He said, but what about John? <laughs> now, what's going to John? He said, John's not your problem. I got John taken care of. You need to be glad in who you are and what I'm going to do with you. Love that never diminishes. I don't care where, how you've messed up. That doesn't change God's love for you. We've all messed up somewhere. That doesn't change his love because he's God. And he wants us to experience that. So grace comes and then love becomes evident and we experience that. And it's an incredible source for gladness. You can be sad about your failures for a moment. But you need to become glad because they're going to teach you some lessons that will change your life. I spent yesterday with a friend who's learning some lessons that are going to change his life. Tough lessons. But he's realized God loves him. He's going to be all right. So we look at this. Love never diminishes, all right? You need to get that. And then there's another thing we need to go, that letter A, and that's the appearing of Christ. I can be glad because of grace and love, but also the appearing of Christ. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 through 18, say it this way. As we look at this passage, For the Lord himself, the Lord himself, visibly, literally, will come down from heaven with a loud command. And with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Why? Because we need a source for gladness. This world is hard. This world is mean. This world is tough. This world is unkind. The powers of darkness are real. There's warfare going on all the time around our lives and sometimes in our lives. We deal with disappointment and discouragement and depression. That's all real, but it's not permanent. It doesn't last forever. And no matter what's happening in this world, as a matter of fact, we're told this world's going to get worse. We've been warned of that. I don't know why we act surprised. We say, I can't believe that's happening. I can because Jesus said it would. He said, but I'm telling you, there's a moment in time in the future that I'm going to come for you and I'm going to call you out of this cursed world 
I'm going to call you away from it. I'm going to say it's enough. Come be with me. And the moment of an eye will be changed to a new body and we'll go to a brand new place. It is the day of ultimate deliverance. No more sorrow, no more pain, no more evil, no more death. It'll just be done. Enough. It's time to go home. We're glad because of the appearing of Christ. The hope I have in the future is not anchored in anything in this world. Because this world is going to pass away. My hope is anchored in the creator of this world who said, I'm coming back one day to make all things right. I'm coming back for you. My trophy of grace, the love of my life, I'm coming for you. The last letter is D, destination, heaven. That's why we can be glad. Because grace that gives us love, that promises an appearing, that provides a destination called heaven. Here's what he says again, that we will be with the Lord forever. And the Lord's going to be in heaven. I'm going to be with him. I'm going to be above and beyond this place. It's going to be amazing. I remember the first time I carried all my kids to Disney in Orlando. And when they got there, when they got past the parking lot, and when they got past Main Street, all of a sudden they began to see all the stuff. They were overwhelmed. They were like, didn't know which way they wanted to go first, what they wanted to do. They were talking about this and talking about that. And everything was great and everything was exciting. And one of my kids said to me, how long do we get to stay here? You know what she was saying? This is better than where we live. Man, I'm not going to go back home. Guys, there's going to come a moment when we see what God has prepared for us. And we're going to say, this is better than where we've lived. Man, this is awesome. This is great. How long do we get to stay here? Forever. Forever. And you know what? The work in progress will finally be finished. We'll be done. And we'll be home. All because of grace that started the whole thing. By God's love, he rescued me, restored me, revived me, renewed me, reshaped me, recharged me, because that's what he does. Because we're his favorite children. We're the apple of his eye. We're the pearl of great price. So you don't need to wait till Thanksgiving Day to begin to be grateful. You need to start today. Because we get real busy the week of Thanksgiving. 
Start today being glad. Begin to write out your thankful list, your reasons for gratitude, and determine to be glad. Be glad each day because of the hope that's within you, that something good is going to happen because God is forever faithful. Course of a great song you'll recognize, but it goes like this. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance before you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence or in my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah or will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. I can only imagine when that day comes and when I find myself standing in the sun. I can only imagine when all I will do is forever, forever worship you. I can only imagine. Be glad. It works. It's our hope of something good that's going to happen. Because we know Jesus.